welcome to Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet, or anywhere. I'm your host, Megan. And in a surprise turn of events, I'm your host, Joe. And we're here today to talk about episode 110, entitled, By the Pricking of My Thumbs. This is a recap episode. Mm -hmm. That's the surprise part. Yeah, Yeah, no one, no one, this is just, we just did this of our own volition. I know, we didn't even write and say, we're going to do another recap. We're just doing it, damn it. We're crazy like that. So this episode was written by Ira Stephen Bear. Which you were excited about. I was because he was very involved in season one. And he wrote such episodes as The Garrison Commander, which we all know is my favorite. We do. To Ransom a Man's Soul. And then he co-wrote the finale of this first season with Ronald D. Moore. So he was a big deal in season one. Sounds like it. Yeah. So I was very excited to see that this episode was written by him. And that it's directed by someone named Richard Clark, who also directed four episodes of Doctor Who. Oh, well, we love Doctor Who. Yeah. So title card was, um, they were loading a pistol, like an old-fashioned pistol. Dueling pistols, yeah. Dueling dueling pistol, yes. And then... Sing me a song, opening credits, first scene, and you said, oh, Claire Boob, in the first two seconds. Yeah, this was, I, I had forgotten how season one was the Claire Boob season. It, and, yeah. It, yeah. So, and Claire and Jamie are in bed, and I have to say, you needed to start this episode showing viewers, guys, they're still okay, because the last episode was a... They was were a little tumultuous. Was, it was a little rocky. It was, yeah. you know, there was a lot of stuff going on and there was a lot of learnings. So we need to start this episode by showing they're good. Yeah, sexy and good. Everything is just great. Someone's banging at the door, interrupting them. Mm-hmm. It's Murta. They, both of them ignore it. Yeah, they don't care. They don't Jamie's care. Jamie's going front door, maybe who knows what other doors. We don't know what's going on. There's some interesting positioning there. Anyway. But you were like, why aren't they answering the door? Maybe there's a fire in the building. They don't care. They don't care. Nope, no, they I don't. Mean, Claire has has sexed people back to life. <laughs> Jerked them off back to life. Come oh, on. I'm there's sorry. A yeah, it was just a handy. Yeah, my, my apologies. So Murta comes in and provides the storytelling news that the Duke of Sandringham has arrived to talk to Colum. It's very exciting. And Jamie says, essentially, this is a good thing for me. He's always liked me. I'm an innocent man seeking justice. He's going to help me. I think there's not one but two references to the fact that the Duke of Sandringham is gay. Great. Right. Um, and likes and, Jamie. And likes Jamie. And Claire says, I'm going to talk to you about something. I'm going to tell you something. But you have promised that you'll never push me when I tell you I know things. And Jamie's like, of course, I won't. And she says, the Duke of, the, the Duke is a friend of Black Jack Randall's. And a friend of Blackjack's can be no friend of yours. And Murta says, how do you know this? I've made no promise. Yeah, I've made, I've made no that such deal. Pro- Nudie girl. And by Jamie- the way, Murta not shook at all by the fact that Claire is like buck-ass naked in the bed. Doesn't care. She does cover herself. Only. Just barely. Just a bit. Just barely. So Murta says, let's talk to Ned Gowan. I just want to say, God, I love that Ned Gowan is always at Castle Leoc and always there to help. He, he is a helpful dude. He's ever present. He, I think that's his job. And He's I just, like helper just guy. love him. Ned and Jamie talk through how to get his name cleared. Ned has a line that says, truth or lies have very little to do with the law. That's true. And it was a good line. He's a good deliverer of lines. He's just, amazing. Sorry, Ned Gowan, the actor that plays Ned Gowan, he was also in Fleabag, right? He, he was sure the dad, was. wasn't he? He was the dad. Because you love that show as well. I 
it was an incredible show. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was the same guy. Yeah. So this is Bill Pattison. Is that and, his name? Yes. Okay. And he is, I mean, obviously a very renowned actor. He's getting like Fleabag. That was huge. Right. And he held his own in that show. Like it was he really was good. Very, yeah. very good. There was a lot. Of, he had yeah, a lot he was of playing off of Olivia Coleman. Yeah. You know, like which <laughs> yeah. is a pretty, she played his wife. Like, yeah, come so. on. This scene ends with Ned coming up with a kind of convoluted solution, which Murta says, if you have something to say, Ned, just say it. But he's got a plan. Ned has a plan. Jamie's all for any plan that will clear his name. Right. Cut scene. Yeah. He, well, basically Ned was saying, I don't really get this because he's like, let's convince the Duke of Sandringham that Jack Randall is a bad man and then he won't want to be his friend anymore. Right. The next scene is Claire walks into the kitchen angrily to find Miss Fitz and Leary giggling together. And Claire has that ill wish in her hand. I just want to say, and I don't know, you and I didn't talk about this, but I find Claire, this episode, she's the most unlikable she ever is. You had mentioned that going into the episode and we didn't talk about it. I don't know. I, I didn't find her unlikable, like... She was, she definitely had some, like, this was a Claire, this was a fighting Claire scene for sure. I don't know, like, Leary is just in the kitchen giggling with her grandmother. Claire is pissed and says, Mrs. Fitz, I need to speak to Leary. This is between Leary and myself. I didn't realize that was her grandma. Yeah. Oh. That would explain why Mrs. Fitz was so defensive of Leary and, like, looked concerned when Claire looked like she wanted to cut a bitch when she came in. Well, and then they get back and they go into this back and forth. Leary is incredible in this scene. Nell Hudson acts the shit out of it. She's so good. She tells Claire and the end, like she's, she says that she feels sorry for Jamie and that Jamie is hers and that if it wasn't for Claire, they would be together. And she believes it. And, and she's probably right. I believe it when she talks, when yeah. she speaks, I believe what she says. A lot of conviction there. And then she says, I just feel so badly for Jamie because of his cold English wife. He must have to get himself so drunk to be in your bed. She smacks her. She slaps her across the face and then says, I shouldn't have done that. Sorry. But she almost spits the sorry out. Right. She is not sorry, for the record. It's very unlike Claire to do that. Yeah. Well, she hadn't, she's not, uh, she's not a doctor yet. So she's still like. There's yeah. not, not There's... do no harm. It's like slap the <laughs> shit out of the girl trying to screw my husband. Yeah. So Leary says, you don't know Jamie and you also don't know your friend Galus because she's the one that gave me the ill wish. Mm-hmm. So Claire goes to Galus's house. She's like, knock the fuck knock. Yeah. Um, what's going on? Yeah. Whilst there, Galus's husband, Arthur, is in great distress. He's struggling and moaning and he's uncomfortable and Claire couldn't give a shit. No. She's irritated. She's annoyed by it. Arms crossed, rolling her eyes. Like, I understand she's not a doctor yet, but this is not Claire. No, yeah, because current Claire, she would just, she would jump through every hoop she could to try and cure that guy. But she's always been like that. God, Jamie falls and she's like, his arm, his shoulder is broken. Hold him yeah. steady so I can, like, she always wants to help. That was a weird out of character kind of situation. In the sure. end, she hands Ginny the little bottle and she was like, well, give him this and that should help. And Ginny says, it's a full moon tonight. Galus will be out in the forest. Right. And she was. And she was. She finds Galus in the forest and dancing around, naked dance, 
and we learn, dun dun dun, dun dun, she's pregnant. <gasps> With whose baby? Not that sick dudes. Not that sick dudes. No, it's Dougal Mackenzie. What did you think about this scene? I mean, as soon as I saw her going through the forest, I was like, oh my god, is Galus going to be dancing naked in the forest? And she was. And she was. And she was. I, I don't know. It's this scene. I feel feels silly when you rewatch it. Oh. A lot of this episode felt silly when you rewatch it, to me, because it's like this isn't this is a recap, by the way. So like I'm not spoiling anything here. We know that Galus is from the future. Yeah. Um, and like farther in the future than Clara's from. Yep. So I just don't buy into the fact that she would be doing like nudie writhing druid dances in the forest. And then there's a scene coming up where she's like, no, that spooky baby's a shapeshifter and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't think she would be playing it up as hard as she, as she, like she believes it. People don't writhe buck ass naked in the forest because they're, you know, by themselves. Because they don't buy into it. And I think in the story, like at this point in the story, when you're watching it and probably reading it as well, like it's going to be a swerve when you find out that Galus is from the future. So at this point, they don't want to tip you off to it, right? So she just looks like like a, like a weirdo nudie witch in the forest. And so you buy into it. But like when you know that she's actually... Like a quite, because wasn't she? She's like a quite educated person, is she not? In the future, like, didn't they? Well, I mean, she's educated, but she also, I mean, she did a séance and killed someone to go through time. Like, no, I guess she, that's true. I guess she, she's okay she with believes the in the supernatural. She I mean, believes, and also, and I mean, I guess if you travel through time, why wouldn't you? Maybe. And unlike Claire, she did it on purpose. She planned it out. She did a seance. Yeah. She does okay. all sorts of things. And like what you said when you were watching the dance scene is something like, Galus is really living her best life. And I think she is here, Yeah, no, right? she was She's got a plan. Yeah. She's got a plot. Yeah. And she's in the time period that she seanced herself into. Okay. So. I don't know. It just seems, I don't know. I, maybe there is a rationale to it. But as a viewer, mm-hmm. like knowing that she was... You know, like a future person. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, I don't know. It, it takes you out of the scene, I guess. It's yeah. its hard to rewatch it a second time. And, and know not, that and, these are two women from like the yeah, yeah, 1950s it, 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 every or 60s. Time, like every time I watch any scene with Galus, I'm watching it as if I know she's from the future. Yeah. And it doesn't play that way. Yeah. Okay. Well, they then link arms and they walk and they talk about how they're friends. And I remember watching this for the first time, and Galus is a comfort to Claire. The fact that Galus is there, yeah, she is Claire's friend, totally, and I, her only friend. I just want to say, Jamie. sorry, go ahead. Besides friend, Jamie, besides Jamie, um, they were both wearing fucking fantastic jackets in yeah, this scene. They were. I loved Claire's jacket. Mm-hmm. She looked like an ice witch, mm-hmm. and I liked Galus's jacket. She looked like a pointy head force witch. She looked and, like an old fashioned. And yep. I think I would like to see both those. Um, jackets come back into style because they both looked really, really cool. They did look great, didn't they? They did. Yeah. So while they're walking, she says that the Duke of Sandringham had a visit with Dougal. Dougal Mackenzie. And Claire says, that's strange. I thought he was here to see Colum. And that's when we realized that the Duke of Sandringham is probably a suspected Jacobite. 
right. or that he was. Does Claire have Claire that? Claire has a flashback. To Frank at that time? Remember, yeah, with Frank, Frank and the priest talking about how he was suspected as a Jacobite. Right. Yes. This leads to a scene that we would call a DB situation. DB mm. uh, short for dead baby, yeah. which Joe has no tolerance for. So he insisted. We clicked through that. We did click through it until Jamie arrives and takes the db from megan told me though claire's arms i explained everything and jamie explains to claire that it would provide comfort to the child's parents he's trying to like rationalize he's like most of the people here have never been right past like a few blocks like their whole lives they're he's basically saying they're very narrow-minded folk and they have like their own it's sort of like how people believed that when zeus was angry there was a thunder and lightning right yeah he's like the only thing these people know is what their priest tells them on sunday basically yeah that evil priest father bane yeah so yeah i mean it kind of makes sense right but uh yeah i just don't do dead baby scenes so yeah cool the next scene is claire is uh having a little visit and talk with the Duke unbeknownst to Jamie. And we learn that Jamie doesn't know that she's gone to talk to the Duke. No, yeah. Well, and I mean, you can make a drinking game out of the number of times that I say that Outlander casts great supporting actors, but they did it yet again with the Duke of Sandra. I was going to ask you what you thought of him. He's an extremely dramatic actor. Yeah, and I've seen this guy. I don't know his name or what he's done, but he's one of those, oh, that guy guys. Where oh, really? I've, yeah, I've, you know, I've seen him in, I know I've seen him in a number of things. Uh, you know, same kind of small roles and that kind of stuff. But, you know, this guy's a working actor and, and it shows. He's a pro in the scene. He holds his own with uh, Claire easily. Yeah. So she threatens him. He threatens her back. I was actually finding him to be a little bit over dramatic, but I guess that's his character. I feel like that's his character because he's kind of, he's a bit of a, like a, prancy you know like he's got the prancy shoes and the big puffy wig and he's full of pompous yeah he is, pomp and he circumstance. is pomp and circumstance he is yeah. like yeah and he's like but that, yeah that's his character because he's got a guy sitting in the room <laughs> writing down his words and to he's write like, his book he she asks him about the jacobite gold and he turns and he's like don't to write the that shit down. and shakes his finger and he's like yeah don't write that but then he makes a a line about like a threat separating about beautiful Claire's beautiful neck from her head. And then he turns to the guy and he's like, but you can write that part down. Cause yeah. that was cool. Like, yeah. so like, that's kind of his, like, it's a, it's a fun pompousy character. Yes. And she does, um, in the end, she gets her way with him because he decides that he will hear at least Jamie's grievances. He's like, yeah. well, he should at least be heard because he's scared of what she knows about him. And yeah. she, threatens to release the information right so in the end it wasn't like ned's plan was nothing because he wasn't going to just roll over on jack randall no matter what jack randall did but it's the fact that he could get Mm -hmm. exposed as a jacobite that's Mm -hmm. that's what is gonna do it yep so claire goes back to castle leoc there's this very cool scene where she's kind of walking into the main outdoor area of castle leoc rupert and angus come running up to her and they ask for help to calm down Dougal because Dougal's wife, Moreg, I love that name, has died. And Dougal is beside himself with grief. And Claire, earlier on the episode, was surprised that Dougal was even married. Remember she said to Galas, Dougal's married? Yeah. When Galas is like, I love him. This is Dougal's baby. We're going to be together except his wife. Oh, whoopsie. So yeah, Dougal is 
throwing a sword swinging fit. He's having a temper tantrum. A massive, he's apparently drunk and he's just like destroying things and having this um, very over the top dramatic grief situation, which we find out later in my belief anyway is complete bullshit. Um, but he's trying to, he's trying to be all I think grief he feels in. guilty. I think maybe, he feels guilty. It also shows bit. Graham McTavish is a very powerful actor. Yeah. Because Colm and Ned, well, everyone is just standing around because when Dougal's that irrational, yeah. nobody can go near him. Right. Yeah, there's guys around him with shields, but I think they're basically just protecting Colm, essentially. Yes. So I wanted to ask you what you thought of the scene, how Claire puts potion into a drink and Angus gives it to Dougal. It was a great Angus scene. It's really interesting. Was. We don't see a lot of Angus scenes that don't have um, Rupert. Rupert was in the scene, but that don't have like heavy involvement with them as a duo. Mm-hmm. And this was like one of the very few times where Angus actually got his own kind of moment, mm-hmm. uh, even though it was a small one. And I thought he did it really, really well. Um, I don't know what she put in that bottle, but man, it, it worked was real fast, fast and effective. Yeah, and, I need uh, it for when I have. When I'm stressed out at night and I need to go to sleep. Yeah, maybe it was that. just melatonin. Maybe it was <laughs> maybe. just like like a lot of melatonin. Yeah. Um, so Dougal crashes down, falls down, and mm-hmm. then there's a really nice character beat. Did you notice Ned came kind of tiptoeing over and he said, don't be leaving him lying on the floor there. Yeah. Ned like, loves him. Good guy, Ned. Ned loves, Ned is yeah, a good Ned guy. Ned loves him. He's a lover of all. Yeah. Claire runs into Galus, who is just beaming in the she courtyard. couldn't be happier. They look like they're at some sort of... I think it's like some sort of farmer's market. That's exactly what it is. Kayla's just beaming ear to ear after hearing about more eggs. She's not sad. Death. She is not. And you called her the original murderess of Outlander. She's the original original murderess of Outlander for sure. She will kill everybody. She will kill everybody. She says, now Dougal and I can be together. And Claire said, I don't think your husband would like that very much. And she gives her this weird look and makes a noise like, whoopsie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come to the dinner party. Jamie and Myrta go to see the Duke. I don't know. I think this is a pretty ballsy move for Claire to have gone and done that without even having a conversation with Jamie and Myrta it's about it. Rand with what we know about Claire Fraser. Yes. So... The Duke is annoyed that his acquaintance with Jack Randall is so well known because they, they've written up a letter based on what Ned said. Right. And he's like, really? He's a bad guy? Also, how does everyone know about my relationship with him? Which, I guess, are we to assume that they have... A relationship. Like a, a relationship. I would think they have a relationship, yeah. I wouldn't think that the Duke is Jack Randall's choice. I mean, maybe it's a relationship of... Uh, you know, I relationship with you and you make sure that all the shitty things I do don't get me in trouble. Maybe. Yeah. One of those kind of Maybe one of those kind of relationships. In any event, the Duke agrees to clear Jamie's name, but asks for assistance with a duel. Yeah. So it was, yeah, because the when he comes in, there's some Scottish meatheads that like... The McDonald's. The McDonald's. And they give him a little shoulder wump on the way out. Marta does not like it. Oh, Marta does not like nope. that. Nope. So Jamie uh, doesn't want to do it, and the Duke of Sandringham is like, uh, you won't even, i got to shoot the damn gun. You just basically have to be there to load it. Mm -hmm. So Jamie says, okay. Okay. Then we have the feast for the Duke. It's this huge scene, and I do ask anyone to just go back and rewatch this scene 
because it bugs me because Jamie and Claire are clearly not even on set this day. In the wide shots. In the wide shots when they're doing the feast. And I kept, because I'm a nerd, hitting pause and looking at everyone sitting and standing. and, And they're not there. And then every once in a while they'll do... Uh, shot off to the side and it's Sam and Katrina standing there like smiling and nodding and then it goes back to the wide shot. Yeah. It's like, why did they do that? Just to save the actor's time? It must have been, I probably didn't have anything to do with the actors. It probably had to do with maybe they had to reshoot it for some reason, you know, later. Why wouldn't they be in the wide shot? Well, that's what I mean. Like they had to go and, or maybe they only had, maybe it was a scheduling conflict. Who knows? Like they only had that castle to shoot in for so many days but they also had to shoot something else with sam and katrina somewhere you know so they did like a second unit shoot in the in the the castle with all the the extras and shit and then they they, you know then they just had them sort of like off to the side you know like in a different building with like candles around them well they they, it was would have been shot at two completely different times you know maybe but do you agree when you were watching it do you agree i mean i didn't notice it till you pointed it out um but as soon as you pointed it out yeah like they are in none of the wide shots that i could see either uh not being the nerd that you are i didn't i didn't slow it down but uh yeah it uh it looked that way to me as well well and it's a it's a big moment because arthur galus's beloved husband drops stone cold ass dead he stands up and starts choking on poison and then jamie and claire join the scene they run in And they are there just long enough to see him frothing at the mouth Mm -hmm. and then keeling over dead. Galus and Dougal have a moment. It's in slow motion across Mm -hmm. the castle. Unfortunately, Colm sees it too. Yeah. So it's like, this tells me two things. Dougal is very happy that what's-his-ass is dying and knows that Galus killed him. But also, it tells me that they killed his wife too. Yeah, maybe. Like, because obviously that was like a... Yeah. That was like a, is that the case? Yeah, is that in the book? Is, like, I mean, it seems just... so obvious. Like, that was like a cahoots look. Like, a lusty yeah. cahoots look. Yeah. And yeah, so like, this was a double murder. So what's interesting is, when you see these two characters, because Dougal, obviously very powerful, and Galus, I mean, just the craziest, but oh, also yeah. powerful. Yeah. In her tummy is Buck McKenzie, yeah, this character Buckster. who we are currently very invested in. Yeah. In season seven of Outlander. Little baby Buck. And we're looking forward to Buck and Roger. That's right. Going back in time together. And meeting Cuckoo Bird Galus, maybe. Who knows what's going to happen? Pre Buck Cuckoo Bird I'll tell Bird you, Galus, Lottie Van Der, Lottie whatever her name is, is. She's coming back. She's listed as being in season seven. Yeah. So I can only imagine. That Buck and Roger are going to go back in time. And I'm also, like, fingers crossed, really hoping that the reason why they recast Buck, because you'll recall that the first time we saw Buck McKenzie, he was played by Graham McTavish. But I'm hoping that they're going to run into Dougal. Do you think they will run into I mean, it's the only thing that makes sense. Dougal and and Galus? Yeah. Like, are they going to go back in time? Well, it'll be, I mean, I mean, the probably everyone that's listening to this podcast knows and we don't because because we haven't read it <laughs> but like i'm hoping that they're that that means they're going back to like pre sassanac time right like they're going to go back to a time where i mean jamie might not even be at the castle yet 
right? Like, like I don't know what the timeline is there. I don't know how long Jamie had been at Castle Leoc or whatever. Like, well, he'd been hiding there. Right, but for how long? Right. right? Like, only since he... No, seen... he wouldn't be, because he was living at Lollybrock. Right. And then Jack Randall came, mm-hmm. attacked him, whipped him to death, yeah. and then they... Almost. And then, remember, he escaped with a bunch of chickens and was hiding at Castle Leoc when Claire fell back in time. Right. So, yeah, so they might, Buck and Roger might go back to a pre-Jamie or Claire Castle Leoc. I mean, you know what would be cool, and I don't think they could pull it off, is if they could go back in time to, like, the feast. Like that feast? That feast. With Claire and Jamie. But Katrina Balfe and Sam Hewen aren't going to... Yeah. Play 10 years younger again. Oh, and that would be interesting, too, because if they were there, neither Claire nor Jamie would know them because that was before Brianna was born or they knew who Roger was. So that's actually that would be cool. There's no I mean, way that would be amazing. anything that cool. If but, Roger uh, and Buck are at that feast, if they're there and no one, no one there would know who they were. They could be it could be like an interesting thing where like. They could, you know, I mean, if they had the the money and the mind, you know, they could do like a CG thing where they could like <gasps> recreate scenes and yes. show that like Roger and Buck are like skulking in the background or just walking through the background because no one would even know who they were, you know, like. Oh my, wouldn't that be amazing? That would be, that would, that would be that's like way too fucking cool and fun <laughs> for Olin to ever do. So no, just chances are like Jamie... We'll get smallpox, and Claire will just like stroke him off him, and then you know, that's about it. End scene. Okay. Yeah. Back to this episode. Okay. We're at the duel scene. What did you think of this scene? I thought it was so boring and weird. I mean, I don't know much about old timey duels. It seemed. What is the point? I think the point is it's all about just like honor and you know you said you did it and now let's have a drink and you know it was stupid as i think a lot of things were back then and um and they were like the duke of sandringham do you feel sorry or are you are you apologetic to the mcdonald's and he says i am yeah and the guy's like you're forgiven and he's like let's have a drink and they do but then the dickbag young mcdonald's who had been running their mouths Kept running their mouths. And so and did Jamie. Jamie and not you... having the common fucking sense to just shut the fuck up and walk away. Can you, can we admit that he like, can you actually called Jamie the king of schoolyard insults coming yes, in hard? He did. Like, yeah. Like he just like, not very, like he just couldn't stop. It was, and they were all, they all looked like noticeably younger than Jamie. Like and he, Jamie, but Jamie just couldn't. He was he couldn't throwing just the insults it... and then looking around yeah. being like, that was pretty yeah, clever. He was pretty... He was, and then they came up and they almost stabbed then, him right they, in the stomach. They didn't almost stab him. The one guy did stab him or he right. cut him or something yeah. like that. But then Jamie, of course, being the king of men that he is, he fought off three sword wielding uh, Scotsmen. Uh, and then <laughs> the the Ponzi Duke of Sangerman was like, uh, I need I'm to. not, yeah, I'm not going to be here for this. So he did. He was kind enough to take Jamie's petition. And then he was like, toodle fucking Lou. And he left. Yes. And the next scene is Claire sewing up Jamie. Mad. Mad. Angry sewing. And he says, you loved this line. You're not usually a closed mouth woman, Claire. She and is not usually you said, true. That's a good line. It is a good line. Yes. So then Ned appears always around and says jamie we gotta go the laird's expecting you so jamie joins column and he is just livid 
He knows what's been going on. He calls Galus a whore and a witch and tells Dougal, they're like, are you a fool? And he's did like... Did he call her a witch? Because that's interesting. I don't think he actually called her a witch. I don't think he did. No, I don't think he, he did. He called her a whore, though. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, and he Dougal doesn't say says, anything nice about... I love her, and she is carrying my child. And Colm says, you ain't marrying the crazy woman. Says... Yeah, he says that, and he also says, and she's not carrying your child, just like my child is Hamish. Right? He's like, she is carrying Arthur's child, just like my child. Because Dougal fathered right. Colum's child. Oh, I got you. And what Colum is saying is, yeah, that's Arthur's child as far as anyone Anyone's ever going to know. Right, but Colum knows... Colm, like, knows what's happening here. Like, he knows that they had an affair and that Dougal, he, like, he doesn't come out and say it, but he knows that he killed his wife mm-hmm. and that uh, Galus killed dude, you know. And, yeah, and, like, and he banishes him. He does. And and tells Jamie to take him away. And just to make sure Jamie's not distracted, he's like, your wife will stay here. Well, that's all calculated. Right? Like, this is all, that's all part of the plan. He's getting Dougal and Jamie out of there because of what happens next. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think it's just random that suddenly... Well, it's Leary that instigates it. Right, but I, I really think that's... Uh, Colin? I think that was all part of the plan. I said to you, how crazy was Jamie's mom if these were her two brothers? And you said, I didn't realize that these were her two brothers. I and didn't that know these that. were Jamie's I didn't uncles. Know that. No. You do now. Jamie is leaving. He and Claire have a moment. And he says, Stay well clear of Galus Duncan. It's like he has a spidey sense about what's happening. Yeah. And Does Claire listen? <laughs> Fuck no. No. She puts on her cool jacket. And she goes to Galus's house. Well, wait. What I said is, watching Jamie leave, if I were Claire, I would freak out watching him gallop away, leaving me in that castle. Like, he's been her friend and her comfort ever since she's fallen back in time. And now he's galloping away for a long period of time. Right. And she's just alone in right. this castle. But as you said, no, Claire can take care of Claire. Yeah. And the next scene is she's with Mrs. Fitz and like helping her with burns and stuff. But I just think she'd be so lonely without him. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Like she's already committed. She's already given up on going home. Like that's just stopped being a thing. I don't. Do you think it has? Or do you think it's too far away? Like how is she going to get there? I don't know. She's very distracted right now. I guess. But she's got nothing else to do. Um... Yeah, I don't really... That's true. With Jamie gone, she could get on a horse and go back to... And just go back. But she doesn't. I mean, there's a million Scots people around there that would, I'm sure, escort her. I mean, you know, anyway. It, it's, you know, not doesn't make sense. But whatever, that's fine. While she's, so with Mrs., yeah. While she's with Mrs. Fitz, she gets a note that says, Claire, come quick, Galus. Right. And she does. She runs to Galus. Just a few short minutes after Jamie has left. Or maybe it's been a couple days. I don't know. But Galus is surprised to see her. She's legitimately says... Yeah, I didn't... And I couldn't remember this scene. So I'm like, what is going on? I thought it was from Galus. And then I believed her when she was like, I didn't, but we can have dinner together. This is another scene that did not play for me for Galus. Because Galus is a lot of things 
but she is not stupid. But she thinks Dougal, she doesn't know Dougal's not there. Right, but she is not even remotely concerned that someone sent a note on her behalf to send Claire to her. She's just like, oh, I think someone's playing a prank on you. But like, as someone that just committed a double murder, I really feel like she would have been smart enough to know that was that there's that like, like that there's she, danger that there's something and when Especially Claire's like when you're that, in danger yeah like I don't and you need to leave if you care about your baby right. at all you'd pack like, and leave she's like I'm not leaving my e- house even with Dougal being her protector like Dougal isn't there <laughs> you know like at that moment like I really feel like that was a like a misplaced character beat that she wouldn't at the very least have her ears pricked up you know when the people and then the people start knocking on the door and she's like I'm not let them yeah, in. even the warden when they're banging. Yeah, so, it, it seems very poor. Yeah, I made notes that Galus is ridiculously set on staying where she is. Ridiculously, yeah. Yes. The wardens burst in and they take them both. That's right. As they're getting into the little jail buggy, Claire looks out and who does she see? Evil little Leary. Evil little Leary. Fade yeah. to black. Good for you, Leary. Crafty move. That's the episode. Yeah. But that was a setup, right? That was totally a setup. By Leary or? I think by Colm and Leary. Maybe. Because like Leary sent Claire to Galus, but she would only send Claire to Galus if she knew that people were coming to arrest Galus as a witch. Yep. Right? Which I think was what, I think that's why, I mean, I don't know how it played out in the book, but the way that it seems is that column got rid of claire or jamie and dougal so that he could round up galus and claire because <laughs> we them. know he has no oh he doesn't lo- like the marriage he has between... no love of their marriage right so he probably sees it as if, if he can clear the table of those two uh witchy women then like that solves at least handles a few of his problems like it, it really does squares up dougal and it uh you know then jamie can marry Little Leary, who a nice, good Scottish goosebump girl, and like, (laughs) and uh, you know, be a a much more viable um, heir or not, not heir, but you know what I mean, like steward. The next Laird, yeah. Yeah, so it's. I mean, I don't know how it plays out. I I don't think that's the last time we see Calm. I'm not really sure, but like that seems like the play there. Okay. Yeah. Let's find out. And then it fades to black. Fades to black. Okay, so who is your MVP from this episode? Um, I like the Duke of Sandringham. Oh, okay. I thought he was really good. I thought he stole every scene he was in. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was quite good. Also, the guy that plays Colm is really good. Oh, I know. Like, he has that same energy as Tobias Menzies when he plays Jack Randall. Because it's like, you have to be a good actor to be able to be... Like, he is a short like crippled man sickly with bow legs Mm -hmm. you know like and he is still like terrifying (laughs) like so you like everyone's still terrified of him so it's like that is a good actor you know that you can portray that much menace in that like fragile and small of a of a vessel you know, like yeah. it's, it's uh so, so like good on that guy. And I've seen that guy in other things. He was in gangs of New York, which was 
one of my favorite movies and he was a scary little dude in that too and like that's that that guy just kind of has resting scary face kind of like Tobias Menzies does but uh still like he's he's really good yeah you, you you pick it up yeah you Ned Gowan we fucking love Ned Gowan I love man. him every scene MVP. Okay. The opposite. He's got like resting nice guy gentle. face. Gentle. Just a gentle. Couldn't, couldn't be less intimidating. If I were to fall back into the world of Outlander mm-hmm. in that time period and I could get myself to Castle Leoc, this is assuming I don't go to a nunnery, right? Right. Which is number one. Number, one number two, place, if yeah. I go to Castle Leoc, I am not looking for King of Men. No. I am looking for Ned Gowan. Yeah. And I just want to hang out with him and have him keep me safe legally safe yeah he'll get you home too i think he would yeah yeah you know who i'd try and find i think <laughs> rupert i like no, rupert he's dumb he's not gonna help you I don't know, he, just he seems will take like you he... to a brothel and he get just, you drunk he just seems like a good laid. guy just seems like a good guy though i don't know i don't think no i don't think rupert's who you need who do i need i don't who think you could handle rupert conversation i couldn't handle rupert okay. i don't think you could i like rupert uh, I like him too. I just, I don't think that's your guy. Okay. Who would you hook up with? Who? I think, I think you'd uh, have an appreciation for Claire. Yeah, but she's not there, right? We're taking Claire's place. Oh, are we taking Claire's yeah. place? Okay. Um, I mean, Mrs. Fitz, if you can she's get a, in with her, she a, could make you some delicious, like, yeah, cakes. You don't, uh, don't, don't mess with the cook for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just try and get home. So maybe Galus, because she's a witch. Maybe she'd know how. I don't know. I would just try not to do that. I kind of like the future. The future is pretty good. Hey? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like. Okay. What was the best scene for you? Um, I think the scene, the, um, the scene where she's in the, what's it called? The banquet. Like where the guy dies. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, there's like that how. moment between Galus and... Yeah, yeah, the evil... Where she's, like, like looking the, at... Right. Like it's so the, funny because she's looking at Dougal and then she starts, like, screaming yeah, in terror like, while ah! she... Like, just, like, psycho, psycho. Plays it well. Oh, yeah. What was the worst scene? Um, These ones, like, these recap episodes, it's hard to pick out a worst scene because... They're all the, really good. Yeah, I mean... Oh, DB would be the worst oh, scene. Oh, God, DB would be the worst scene. I mean, within the context of the show, though, it was... I. It made sense. I just can't do DB scenes. Um, but I do think it was, strangely, also some of the scenes with um, Galus. Because, it, like I said, the whole thing about her being from the future and me, it, you know, it just... It Didn't ring go, true. But it was only in, in, like, in recap that it just it kind of pulled me out of the mm-hmm. scenes. Okay. What would be your rating out of 100? Oh, I mean, I'll give this... You know, here's the thing. Here's what I'll tell you about this episode. I didn't think it was a very good episode, but not for the reasons I usually think Outlanders are not a very good episode. Mm-hmm. Like nothing stupid happened. Nothing. I just felt like it was a bit of a snoozer. Okay. I mean, there there were some things that happened, but and I know. I think when we watch um, the next episode. Yeah, it's a setup. You'll realize episode. it all comes together. Right. Exactly, and that's what these episodes are for. Yeah. But like, yeah, it just in and of itself, like in a vacuum, this episode's a bit of a snooze. Out of 100, what's your rating? Didn't I give it one already? You did not. 40. Joe, come on. 44? No. What's wrong with that? It's That's pretty at good. at least 60. Is it? For you, yes. No, it's not. I wouldn't watch it 44%? again. I wouldn't, I wouldn't re-recap it. Okay. It's 44. Okay. 
I give this episode 100. This is one of my favorites. What? And I'll tell you why. Please do. This is the type of episode. This is the reason I love Outlander. This episode just shows like just the working lives and the regular day-to-day of Castle Leoc and the people that live in it. And this is the kind of episode that I would, if I couldn't sleep at night, I would go downstairs and I would just turn this on and it would be comforting like in the kitchen is mrs fitz and maybe leary but that's okay naked chick in the forest you know like jamie and claire just waking up every morning in the way that they like to wake up murta's always around if you need him he's close by ned gowan god knows is always around the corner so you're okay there like dougal's around if you go to the forest you've got galas dancing i just i love the feel and the characters and the setting of this episode so this is 100 for me okay good well i'm glad that you enjoyed it's a wonderful it so episode and i'm so glad that we got to do the recap yeah yet another one in the books maybe we'll do another one we absolutely again. are going to i kind of think we should go upstairs and watch episode 11 right now that's probably not gonna happen <laughs> but we'll see if we can get one out uh before spring yeah oh my gosh okay okay like in the next week or so well looking forward to it thanks for tuning in thanks so much talk to you later Get back in